Hi there, and welcome to this very special episode of the Pathfinders Light with me, Irose. So, I'm not officially resuming, but I have had some things on my heart for a while, and I feel that I should share because now seems as good a time as any to share it. It's just uh, it happens to also be my birthday, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I want to just go straight to the point. It's about love and hope and you know basically what has been going on in the world currently and nigeria especially it's like nigeria is very very bent on obeying murphy's law every single thing that can go wrong is going wrong it's very somehow you wake up today this one has happened that one has happened it's enough to give anybody or rather send anybody into depression that's the truth for everybody who is still sane at this point well done. God's grace has really held you up. So anyway, straight to the point. I want to talk about um, how, despite the contrary circumstances, we can show love and have hope. I know it doesn't seem like so. Everybody's writing on their WhatsApp status updates that they're tired of this country. They're tired of this. They're tired of that. I know. I know. <laughs> There's every reason to be tired. There's every reason to feel like nothing good can happen. But... I hope you know that that's the devil's um, mechanism of action. Like, that's how he works. He works with narratives. He sends a lie into the air and makes it so dramatic that everybody falls for it. So that even though the truth is still available, people will be so consumed by the effects of the lie that they can't access the truth. And hope stays, hope resides, hope thrives in truth so where people cannot interact with the truth they cannot have hope and where people can't have hope well you know they basically stop praying they stop living for god they stop living purposefully they just exist and try to find a way out of whatever their problems are you know they just do very weird stuff to just get their minds off what's currently going on but if you don't have an anchor in god it's just going to be catastrophic so i want to try and help the narrative you know i i I want to help help out in my own little way you know help people see hope help people see that even though spies were sent out uh to check out the promised land not everybody has to talk about the lies some people even if it's just two people can talk about the truth that they've seen that yes god has promised us this land yes there will be victory yes there will be you know we will conquer but then i need to base all of these things i'm saying on truth if not it's just going to be wishful thinking so i'm going to use the bible you know to talk about the truth that that i am you know saying first off i want us to use john 3 16 bible says that for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believed in him or believes in him rather will not shall not perish but have everlasting life now the thing about that portion of scripture is that it says that for god so loved the world that he gave he expressed his love in a manner but the thing i want you to take note of is the fact that it says that he gave not that he will give So his love was shown in an action that was already complete. I am trying to say that love is not an emotion. Love is not an expression of what you hope to do, what you will do. Love is something that is like a diagnosis that is made in retrospect. After it has been done, that's where you can say, oh, there was love there. 
You know, that's how it happens. That's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because he cannot say, oh, I love you and he hasn't done anything. There is no proof of the love. Love always comes with proof. So the words, I love you, don't mean anything if there is no proof, no action. That's why God demonstrated his love before he told us he loves us. So he already showed us. Then he started explaining that, oh, look, I already have always loved you. Let me now show you how I loved you, how I've always loved you. And, the, um, you know, the effects of my love, the consequences of my actions and everything, how far reaching it is, you know, how much it's going to affect you, your lives and the lives of your loved ones and everything. That's how it works. So we can't claim we love anybody with just mouth. Love always has action inside of it. I mean, if you check out the powerful, powerful things Paul talked about in First Corinthians 13, about how love is patient, kind, enduring, and all those beautiful things, you know that love has a lot of action. Another thing that you need you to take note of concerning love is the fact that love never fails. It says that prophecies may fail, tongues may cease, but you see love, it never fails. There is a reason I want you to take note of that is because of another scripture. <laughs> I think First John 4 verse 18 that talks about how perfect love casts out all fear. Now, if you understand that perfect love casts out all fear, it's easy to see how the people, you know, the early apostles, disciples, and all those people who were persecuted and lost their lives, people like James, people like Stephen, and generally everybody who lost their lives in that early period and who has lost their lives for the sake of the cross, they, it wasn't difficult to, I know it's easy to think, ah, maybe they were, you know, they just put up a strong, it was not difficult because they understood this reality that perfect love cast out all fear. There was no fear. They were not afraid to lose their lives because inside of love is the understanding that an action made in perfect love has results. It always produces good results. That's why it's possible for God to, for Jesus to come and die while we were yet sinners. He was sure that there will be an effect. Do you understand? So Jesus did not, so people think that, oh, man, that was some kind of mad faith. Yes, it was mad faith, but it was a faith based on an understanding that any action done in love produces good fruits, produces results. So he did not do it blindly. He did not come and die in wishful thinking that, oh, perhaps somebody might believe in me. No, he died in an understanding that what he did was in perfect love. And because it was in perfect love, it will not fail because love never fails. So he understood thoroughly that what he did will produce results. Now, you see how love works. You see how it's easy to show love when you really know what love is about. So it's easy for people to die when they are showing true love. It's easy for people to lose their, their um, jobs, it's easy for people to lose their family, their loved ones, when they are showing true love. Because they know that inside of true love, results always show. Perfect love casts out fear and perfect love never fails. It never fails. It has no capacity to fail. So everything done in love, there is no failure in sight. So it's easy for people. I, I, I keep using the word easy because it says perfect love casts out all fear, not some amount of fear, all fear. So when people walk in perfect love, they are not afraid of the contrary circumstances. They are not afraid. 
they understand that whatever they do in love will produce fruits. So they don't feel like their, um, their, the stuff they do is a waste. They don't feel like even though the country is upside down, any small thing they do doesn't hold water. No, they know if they do it in love, it will not fail. They know if they do it in love, it's going to connect something greater and something greater and it's just going to be a big ripple effect into greatness. They know that there is nothing in love that is a waste. They know that perfect love does not fail. They know. So it's easy to show love. It's easy to show love despite contrary circumstances when you know what love is, when you know how powerful it is, when you know that it's not an emotion. Love has never been an emotion. Love is a powerful way of living that always ends in the production of good fruits. Always. Love never fails. That's what love is. Now, hope. It's, it's important when you talk about love to always talk about hope. Because, you know, in expressing love, you see results consistently. Those results, they breath something in you. That thing they breath in you is called hope. You know, you're able to hope for every single word God says because you've seen results. People don't just hope blindly. People hope based on results. They've worked with God to an extent, so they know. So you cannot keep on focusing on the dramatics of the devil, the theatrics, the narrative of the devil, and think that you're going to be able to really live this life in peace. You will not. Anxiety will knock you here and there. And if you're not somebody who wants uh, to allow um, the anxiety to hit them, then you now make your heart really strong. You become really callous. You really don't care about stuff that is going on around you. And then you just forget about the promises of God. But either way, you're going to lose. The only way to win is to enjoy hope, is to enjoy love. And the way to have hope is to walk with God. And how do you walk with God? In trusting his promises. Where are his promises? They are in the Bible. See, these things are not hard. <laughs> there is grace available. See, and God will not tell you to go and do things and then he'll be looking, waiting for you to fail first. Then you will now come back and beg him for grace. No. Before he tells you to do it, he has provided the grace. So, focus on the word, not on the world. See, uh, if you want to open your eyes to what's happening on social media, what's happening in the world, in the news only, and you don't go and fortify yourself in prayers, in fellowshipping with the Spirit, in very beautiful communion, you know, with the Eternal One, you're going to be on a long team, you know, that's the truth. You have to constantly communicate, fellowship, you know, your spirit has to constantly touch His Spirit. For you to constantly be reminded of the beauty that exists. There is no shortcut to what I'm saying. I can't tell you that, oh, just wait. Look at the way this is going now. This will soon change. No, the only place to really derive, you know, a, a constant flow of hope is from looking into the spirit and seeing the beauties there. You know, it's from working with God. It's from understanding what he's saying. It's from being sensitive to what's going on in the spirit. You cannot have hope if you cannot see into the spirit. You can't. There's just no, no, nothing to hinge your hope upon. Nothing to anchor your soul if you cannot see into the spirit. That's, that's why for everybody who is born of the spirit, they can experience the spirit. You don't have to be a big man of God. You know, you don't have to travel far before you start experiencing the Spirit. As long as you are born of the Spirit, as long as you've been given the life of Christ, you can encounter the Spirit. You can experience the Spirit in prayer. Why do you think he gave us um, tongues? 
it's so that we can encounter the invisible, the powerful, you know, the eternal. That's why he gave us tongues. If you can speak in tongues, you can see into the spirit. That is, that is as simple as that. So if you're ever looking for hope, if you go through social media and you forget to energize yourself at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day with, with you know, constant fellowship in the spirit, with constant intercourse with the spirit, with constant, you know, communion, you are on the long thing or you are on your own. That's the truth. Because these narratives, the devil knows how. It's not today the devil started lying. No. It's not today. The devil has been telling very stupid narratives since the beginning of time. He even tried to tell it to Jesus. Imagine the devil coming to Jesus and telling him that he should turn these stones to bread, lust of the flesh. He should um, bow to him and then, the, rather, Jesus should bow to him and he'll give him all the kingdoms of the world, uh, lust of the eyes. Also tell him to jump down and then tell that the angels will come and carry him, pride of life. Imagine the devil trying to play that kind of trick on Jesus. He's a master of tricks. See, I'm not trying to exalt the devil, but he actually is a master of tricks. Like, he's the father of lies. The Bible says it. So I'm not trying to exalt him by saying he's a master of tricks. Tricks come from lies. He's the father of lies. Like, he breeds lies. So you thinking that you're going to be able to survive without focusing and anchoring in the invisible. You want to only be using your eyes to judge your future. You are on a long thing. So I'm trying to beg you. For the sake of your mental health, your spiritual health, and your all-round growth, you have to be able to encounter the spirit. You have to be able to experience the invisible. You have to be able to really fellowship. If not, see, these narratives you're hearing, they're not just going to change on their own. It's people who have hope that can change them. Because as long as we keep allowing those who... I think there's an attitude that says that as long as the... Um, is it that the, if the lion does not tell the story, the hunter will always be the winner or something like that? And it has to do with, you know, only one person's perspective being put out there, meaning that it's only that person that's going to be seen as the good guy. But that's how it is. So as long as we keep allowing the devil to tell the story of what's going on, he's called the prince of the power of the air. I hope you know. I did not make that up. Oh. Prince of the power of the air. You know what that means? That he has dominion over influence. Like, he knows how to do head mentality he knows how to move, sway people in large numbers to a particular direction he knows it though like it's his craft arts and craft <laughs> like that's what he learned in school how to sway people it to a particular direction so you're thinking that you're going to be able to read the news objectively without praying you are deceiving yourself if you don't back up yourself with constant fellowship in the spirit, if you don't back up yourself with a renewed um, presence, a renewed life, if you don't constantly get from the one who is and who is to come, you are doing yourself a world of bad. So all you do is look at the news, look at people dying, look at all the bad things. I'm not see, I'm not belittling the extent of the amount of bad that is going on. No, I'm not. I'm only saying that. If you leave it at that, you've given up on your future already. That's the truth because you cannot effectively play a role for God if you don't have love that casts out all fear. That's the truth. The Bible says in a great house there are many vessels, some for honor, some for dishonor. You know, so those who purify themselves can make themselves worthy of use for the master. So it's much more than being born again. If you do not understand that you have to be useful for the master, you're throwing away your future. Shebi gave everybody talents, but 
but then the way in which you use your own is how much reward you get concerning you know that's your gifts so if you decide to constantly continually believe only the narrative of the devil and don't look for where there is truth to influence because you also as a prince as a son you know as royalty you also have capacity to influence but if you only allow the devil tell the story it's only his side that's going to be heard and his side is always a lie that's the thing he's he, he doesn't know how to tell the truth he lacks the capacity to tell the truth so if you keep letting a liar you know be the narrator of the story of the earth how do you think you're going to come out of this world just think about it in that in that regard i am not saying that bad is not going on i am only saying that the amount of beauty that exists is too much for us to allow the bad going on to be the talk of the day there is so much beauty going on but you, you, we can't bring this beauty to the, when there is no framework to support it no hope nobody is looking out for it so where can the beauty land if the beauty decides to descend on us where would it land when everybody is looking downwards looking gloomy nobody can there, there's not enough people not, not enough workers to have hope to support it is this hope that brings this thing alive Faith is the substance of what things hoped for. Without that hope, how are you going to bring the things you have faith into existence? How? It's impossible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you're not hoping for anything, your faith cannot substantiate what you're, you're claiming you believe. So, if you so you saying i believe i believe but you know believing also the evil narrative of the devil is really really dangerous because your belief your belief is not going to actually amount to anything like faith it's just going to be oh you know god has said this and because god is god so what he said is right but you're not really hoping ah there is no substance so there is no substance there is no substance anywhere i heard this analogy made somewhere about how when you get an alert even if you've not seen the cash but the alert of the credit that has entered your account tells you that you have some more money so you can be joyous because you have the substance of what you were hoping for basically so even if you've not really seen it come yet you've not really seen the money as per the cash you've not touched it you've not felt it, you know you have it that's how faith is, you know, that's how faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen, you know. <laughs> but those that trade cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency is digital. But a lot of people invest lots of physical money into it and then they make a lot of mad cash from it because, well, they believe that when they put their money into the system and it's converted into this digital currency, it's actually still real. So why can't we believe that for God's promises? That when God tells you these things, you can you have the capacity to really invest in it and convert it into products and yield the benefits, the profits. It's the same story. Why is it easy for us to believe the only things that are per, um, perceivable by our senses, our physical senses, but the things we can perceive by our spiritual senses, which are actually the more important things, because the Bible says that all things that we can see were made from the things that we can't see. So the more important things we neglect, the things that are less important, we, you know, we engage with those ones. So this is an appeal. 
that for the sake of the promises of God, I'm saying this because one person cannot bring these promises of God into existence. That's the truth. If not, Christ would have not decided to have a body. He would have just said, oh, you, this guy, one person, you're enough to represent me and all of that. Mm-mm. That's not how it is. Christ actually has a body because it's he wants the interdependence, the working together, the effective working of every part, you know, doing its own purpose to bring the ultimate result. So this, that's why I'm appealing. That one person is not enough to hope. Forget how sometimes preachers will come and say, I came for only one person. It's really not feasible. No, it can't be only one person. It's for everybody, you know. It's for everybody who is willing. That's the truth. Christ did not die for only one person. Christ died for everyone who is willing. Because it's only everyone who is willing that can carry it. If not, Christ would have returned since now. If one person is enough. Haven't enough one persons impressed him? But why hasn't he come? Because one person, one person, one person in different generations are not enough to form the full picture of Christ. It requires a number of people. A number of people who are working together. So that's why I'm appealing. Because one person is not enough. We need an army of people who are hoping, who are trusting, who believe, not people who continually take the lies and the narratives of the devil. We need an army of people who trust God's word to the letter. Ah, man. We need people who have hope. We need people who have faith. We need people who love, who do not fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Jesus was not afraid to come and die because he knew that his death was going to produce results how did he know that love never fails these things are in the bible for us they're in the bible ah man there's so much to be thankful for so much to be hopeful for so much that god has said but we cannot trust in these things if we constantly believe Sorry, believe the lies of the devil. If you remember, there was a time when the disciples were trying to cast out a demon from a young boy. And then Jesus came and saw them having issues. And now asked them what was going on. And they were like, oh, look, this man brought... Or I think it was the man that even came and said that I brought my son. He's epileptic. He constantly gets thrown into the um, fire and all of that. Your disciples have not been able to cast out the demon. Please help. And Jesus was really sad. And I was like, how long shall I be with you guys? The reason it was sad was because it was so easy for the disciples to get confused when they saw the manifestation of the demon. You know, they saw the guy having his epileptic fits and they were afraid. They were not able to do anything because fear had conquered them. But you know what perfect love does? It casts out all fear. Do you remember when um, Jesus told Peter to walk on water coming to him? What happened? Midway, or I don't know if it was three quarters of the way, but on the way, he looked to the right and to the left and he saw the contrary waves. Mind you, the waves were contrary from the start, but it's only when he decided to focus on them that the dramatic and the theatric play of the devil was able to win over his heart and then his faith just stopped working. Something he had been actually using to literally walk on water, you know, it just stopped working halfway. Why? He decided to turn his gaze away from the invisible. He tried to turn his gaze away from the eternal. He decided to turn his gaze away from, you know, that which holds us up without us seeing its structure. You know, that beautiful thing. Jesus. He decided to turn his gaze away from Jesus. So please, I'm begging you guys. Ha, this has been a long, a long one. But 
I'm begging you guys, please, it's possible to change the narrative. It's possible to see change in our lifetime. It doesn't have to be our great, 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 great grandchildren that will see Nigeria being a better place or that will see the world being a better place. We can't see it in our lifetime. We just need to push the right narrative into existence. You know, just the same way people are constantly tweeting and putting up all the bad news everywhere. We can constantly tweet and talk about the love of Christ that surpasses understanding. We can constantly talk about the beauties in the spirit. We can constantly talk about the promises God has made. We can constantly talk about all those wonderful things. We just need to make the decision, you know. And then remember to tell God to teach you love because love is a whole lifestyle it's, it's in fact love is a lifetime love is shown only after you've lived it's not before you start your life you say oh i love you and the person believes that's a very big lie so i am begging please let's try let's try let's try you know let's come to the school of the spirit and ask him to teach us love that love that casts out fear that will not be will not be afraid to lose our jobs for speaking out for christ we'll not be afraid to lose Anything that doesn't have any bearing in the eternal, even our lives, we won't be afraid to lose anything because perfect love casts out fear. We will not be afraid to go to the dangerous places to talk about Christ because perfect love casts out fear. And we will ultimately not be afraid because love never fails. So no matter what we lose in showing love, it's for a good cause, it's for a result, it's for a fruitfulness. It's going to show good results. It's going to yield good fruits. It's going to be profitable. That's how love is. Love always wins. Always. Always. Love has never lost a battle. Never. That's how love is. So I'm begging us to learn to love. That love that casts out all fear. You know, let's go to Jesus. Let him teach us how to love. How to really love. I pray that, you know, in obedience to christ we'll actually be able to come to the point of understanding that love and we'll be able to show it and express it to people and we'll be able to bring hope back to the nation to the continent to the world through our constant expression of the beauties and riches in christ jesus amen